Well, good morning. Uh, like, like Pastor Adam said, my name is Adam Cosberg. I'm the pastor at New Hope Lutheran Church uh, over in Hudsonville. Um, I know how long it's been because it was 1992 in April, and I was born in May of 1992. So it's been 31 years. But I've been there for two, so um, I'm glad to be with you all this morning. Um, when Pastor Brian said he, we wanted to do a Greatest Hits sermon series, I thought it was a good idea, but I don't know that. <laughs> Seems a lot of pressure to say this is one of the greatest sermons I've ever preached, right? Um, but I remember this one, and so we're going with this one, right? It's part of a series that we did on change and how do we deal with change, right? Because the only constant in life is that life changes. And you just, for, for some of you, you just finished a grade. And in September, you're going to start a new grade, and you're going to have a new teacher, and there's going to be new kids in your class, and you're going to be, everything is going to be different. Right? Life changes. Right? You go from elementary school to middle school to high school to college. In college, you have to enter the real world unless you go on to become a pastor, and then you get to go to four more years of school, and then you enter the real world. But health ch- our health changes, our relationships change, our finances change, our hobbies change. Life is just full of changes. And as Christians, we believe that God has something to say about life. And so he's got something to say about how, what we deal, how we deal with changes, what we do in the midst of change. One of, the, one of the things that I read when I was prepping for this sermon many, many years ago, it was like three years ago, was that what psychologists tell us is that to deal with change, we have to rely on something constant. Right, if everything is changing all at once, people lose their minds. Right, but if, if, if something is changing, if your job is changing, or uh, your class is changing, or where you live is changing, you can rely on something constant. Right, so it's easier to change a job if you have a good home life. You see what I mean? That we rely on a constant thing. And Psalm 1 gives us a picture of that, gives us a picture of what that looks like. Psalm 1 verse 3 says, the the blessed person, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. The tree is always by the water. And so it always has water, and so its leaves are always green, right? The, the, the plants that are not by the water, they're not by the streams, they're reliant on the rain, right? So when it rains, everything looks good, and when it doesn't rain, everything looks brown, and their neighbors get mad at them because their yard doesn't look great. But with, with the tree, Whatever is going on in the climate, in the weather, 
the tree always has water. In the middle of a rainstorm, the tree has water. In the middle of a drought, the tree has water. When it's hot out, the tree has water. When it's cold out, the tree has water. When it's day, the tree has water. When it's night, the tree has water. No matter what happens in the world, that tree has water. Blessed is the one who is like a tree planted in a stream of water. And I think for a lot of us, we might feel like the, the, the blessed comes and goes, right? Depending on how we did that week. Depending on uh, if we did the things we were supposed to do and didn't do the things that we weren't supposed to do. Right? The psalmist goes on to say, Those who, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That word law there could also be just the word of the Lord, right? That law is a reference to the scriptures that they had at that time. So blessed is the one who delights in the word of the Lord, who meditates on his word day and night. And sometimes I think for myself, I feel like I'm more blessed or I would be more blessed if I did meditate on the Lord, the Lord's word day and night. But I gotta be honest with you, I don't. <laughs> there are times in my life where I'm gung-ho for the word of the Lord, and there are times in my life where I read the Bible that week because I have to, because I get paid to, because I have to preach on Sunday. It ebbs and it flows. But because the blessing, though, is not there because of what you and I do. The blessing is, it's, it's passive. Blessed is this person. That it's something that God has done for us. And see, that's the constant that you and I always have. We have the same God who is the same yesterday, today, and will be forever. Throughout Scripture, we see this God moving, living, and active. And he's always the same. He always loves his people, and he's always searching for his people. Right? When he called Abraham, it wasn't because Abraham was good. Abraham was worshiping pagan gods, and yet God calls him and makes his covenant with him because it's who God is. When God is leading the Israelites out of, out of Egypt, it's not because the Israelites are great people. If you spend a little bit of time reading Exodus or Leviticus, you know they're not good people. That it is, it is God who is there. That it's because of who he is that they get to leave Egypt, they get to leave slavery, and they get to enter the promised land. On and on throughout Scripture, it's the people fail, the people of Israel fail, and God still loves them. And then we finally get to see how, how that comes to fruition in Christ Jesus, that he comes to people who don't recognize him, the people, that, the, the people that should have welcomed him, the people that should have recognized him, the Pharisees, the religious people, they're the ones who want him killed. 
constant in life is God, that He is always pursuing us, that He always loves us. Right? The, the last verse of this psalm, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. When it says the Lord watches over, um, there's a, you could you could you could translate that a different way because the word there that they translate as watches over is um, yada, which means to know, and I know that word and I remember that word because it sounds like yada, which is like what you'd say when I I know. That's how I remember it. But it's to know someone. But it's not to know someone like I know the answers to Jeopardy or I know that uh, the, the stats of an athlete, professional athlete. It's to know as in like Adam knew Eve and bore Cain and Abel, if you know what I mean. If you don't know what I mean, ask your parents on the way home. But it's an intimacy that, that, that the Lord knows the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked leads to destruction. And it, it is, this, the psalmist is not, is not saying that Jesus or the Lord is like Santa Claus, that he knows when you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. He's not saying he's watching over you, keeping score and saying, Adam did that again? Ah, oh, that's another one. It's that the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He knows the way you're on. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows where you've been and he knows where you're going. That he intimately knows who you are and loves you. And I think for for some of us that is incredibly comforting that the Lord knows. He knows what you're going through. He knows that you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. He knows that you don't see how you're going to make ends meet. He knows that you feel like you don't belong anywhere. He knows that you feel guilty about past mistakes. He knows that, and he's still there. For others of us, it's maybe a little scary that the Lord knows, right? That he knows what you did in the past. He knows those thoughts that you really don't want anyone to find out because what would they think of you? He knows all of our failings, all of our mistakes. He knows how bad we are. And so the idea of of the Lord knowing this, it's a little uneasy makes you a little queasy. But here's the great thing. There's an empty cross and an empty grave. And that's in the past. It's 2,000 years ago. And Jesus is not surprised when you and I fail. He's not, he's, he's not saying, oh man, I cannot believe, I cannot believe he would think that way. I cannot believe she would say that. I really regret dying for that person on the cross and then rising again so they could have eternal life. He knows. 
He knows what you were going to do before you did it. He knows what you're going to say before you said it. He knows what you were going to think before you thought it. And he still laid his life down to pay the cost of your sin and my sin. And he still uh, rose again from the dead so that you and I could enter new life, that we could live with him for eternity. That's the constant in life. That is the one thing that won't ever change. That Christ died and rose again for you so that he could be with you for all eternity. But the other constants that we lean on in life, like our spouse, like our kids, like our jobs, like our health, all those can be taken away. It can all be taken away. This is the one thing that will not be taken away. What an awesome thing it is that there's a baptism today. <laughs> what, <laughs> the one thing that will not be taken away is what Christ has done for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love for us. Father, we thank you that you are always there, that your love for us is always there, and what Christ has done for us is always there. We pray as we go through life, as we experience changes in life, that you would remind us always of who we are in Jesus and what he has done for us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.